Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bottle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I just realized, again, welcome to the glamour and excitement of home podcast recording that I definitely left my soda on like the other side of the room. So once oh, no! once Annie gets going on a rant about something, I'm going to have to go get it. So welcome. We're doing it live. Um, although we're kind of not doing it live. We're doing it live-ish. Live-ish. We've been uh, doing a little recording ahead and so now I'm not even sure where this episode that we're currently recording fits into our schedule. So I'm going to try and not say anything that lets you know when we're recording it, because I'm not sure that I know. But uh, fingers crossed. Here we are. What are we talking about anyway? Uh, we are talking about Grandchester. Uh, I started to say the season seven finale, but since we only really covered the premiere in our last episode about this season, I guess it's really more just like Grandchester season seven. I'm really glad that this season we did two. Um, I know that we only did one for season six, which was actually two episodes longer. But honestly, um, I thought this season was good enough and surprising enough that it actually did deserve for us to come back and, and hit it a second time. It had I, Honestly, it had one of the best episodes I'd ever seen in the show. And even though um it sort of undid it a little bit in the finale, I didn't hate it. I was just a little startled by the ending. I was a big questions about the finale. <laughs> okay. Um, but before... But, but, before we get to the finale, I would really like to talk about the whole, basically, the whole choice this year very much to lean into the family drama aspect of it all rather than the mysteries. Yeah, I will tell you that this is like the one, I will tell you that this is the one mystery show that we're covering this summer so far that I really have not minded watching. Like, it's it's enough to keep me sort of interested and and connected to and and caring about the characters like i don't know there's definitely um i liked mystery speaking i like the way it sort of connected the premiere and the finale in terms of like the murder part but other than those specific cases i am really not sure that i could sort of recite for you right now what the other i'm making air quotes mysteries were and i'm fully fine with that and i don't think that really uh impaired my enjoyment of the larger show no, in fact, I feel like in many cases, the mysteries are kind of an excuse, um, which is, you know, sort of the, the Grandchester's M.O. Like, the mysteries are a thing that Jordy and Will do as their job. And, um, you know, the and life, the, the, the life stuff, which is what we actually care about, is happening around them as they do them. That being said, um, I thought this season was also really interesting because for the first time since basically Will Davenport showed up, they actually sort of broke them up a little bit um, because they found there, there were episodes where Will basically wasn't like part of the mystery aspect. He was just kind of around. I loved that. I actually really love Jordy and Leonard as like a duo. Like I, I know there was that one episode like in between where they switched out Vickers that they had them kind of together as like a 
a crime solving duo, but I think they have a really nice balance. They do. And I also I really loved the whole excuse, you know. Okay, so the reason that Will sort of stops being Jordy's sidekick for the first time is because as we noted in our in our last episode about Grantchester, Jordy has a new boss, uh, this guy Elliot Wallace, who happens to be the fiance of the girl that Will was sleeping with from the jazz club. And Wallace is like, why is there this vicar around? I don't understand. I don't want to I, I at one point he actually says, I don't want any of this Father Brown stuff around. And that that by the way is not an anachronism. The original Father Brown stories were like really popular in the 20s and 30s um how i know this is because <laughs> we did uh we had to watch brideshead revisited this summer and there is a sequence where the mom from brideshead ha- is reading like the father one of the father brown books aloud <laughs> so i've learned a lot from my summer long visit to brideshead so um because will is sort of like not quite banished from the the precinct, but definitely not hanging around the precinct. And once Maya and her uh, breaks off the engagement, like he basically like retreats from the precinct completely. We have this case where these vagrant bodies start showing up all over the. It's actually mentioned a bit in the premiere, and now one of them shows up on the doorstep of of um, Leonard's cafe. And Leonard, who feels so guilty that he didn't try to help this guy before, immediately. Leaves like I- I'm gonna help you, and and Jordy's like, well, listen, Wallace doesn't really like my 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 priest friends, and Leo's like, I'm not a priest, I'm an ex-con. I love Leonard. I Protect love Leonard that. at all costs. And I love. I I have to say that you know I was a little confused by the 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 whole you know beatnik stuff that he was doing in the cafe but i really like where they went with that by the end of the season that he is like you know counseling homeless people out in the alley and that he really even though the cafe is a, is a success wow who knew um there's that I remember many asking in our conversation about the premiere is how many terrible poets could possibly live in grantchester and apparently the answer is quite a few uh-huh so many that mrs c starts making fun of them um by the end of it it's very obvious that the cafe is going to be shut down and Leonard's going to turn it into a soup kitchen of some sort. Um, Speaking of which, that is one of the things I really liked about the season. I said at the beginning that I assumed that Leonard would somehow come back to the curate position and they didn't do that. He's still not a curate. Um, We had an almost replacement curate for like a minute and and that didn't work out either. So we're still curateless. I, I love that. I love the fact that the show feels so free not to come back to the status quo. I actually really like from the person who enjoys the religious angle of it all. I actually really like. Um, well, I wait, this is going to be a two prong thing. I really like that the show is about the fact that there are a lot of ways to serve God that aren't necessarily in a church setting Mm -hmm. that you can live your faith, that you can perform the works that justify your faith. Like in a, like there's more like the show really takes this season. I think it takes a lot of the religious angle out of the church setting and puts it into the real world, which I really liked. I think it's a little bit weird that there is so little of the church angle in the actual church. And by the church, I am really just mean Will. I don't know what I think Will's arc was this season. Uh, I feel like... I feel like the fact that he is a vicar kind of mattered less than ever this year, which is really weird to me because... I mean, I know I make fun of it all the time, but sort of the grounding principle of this show is a cop and a vicar solve crimes. But now it was sort of like a cop and his friend 
who goes to church sometimes. Oh, <laughs> I really, and that's really funny for you to say because this is the first time we've had a church-based mystery in a season for quite some time. In fact, I think this might be the first church-based mystery we've had since James Norton was on the show. Um, and I actually was really excited by that. I think that was episode four, I believe, um, was the one with the, yes, that's the one Wait, with the- I'm like, you got to tell me like some quick hits of what the actual mystery was, because I okay. just said that I don't really remember what any of the cases they solved were. Honestly, like, I think of it as the one that opened with Frankie Avalon, because the soundtrack this season, how much money did they spend on the soundtrack? Are they trying to be Netflix? What? Even. Anyway, so uh, the one that started with Venus and all of the parishioners coming in and the fundraiser- um, oh, right, 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 right. And and uh, I thought that was a really good episode, too. Like having the church, having the church as a background and having Will realize that he actually doesn't know his parishioners at all um, and having really sort of getting how Mrs. Chapman's absence from the church is really like hurting the community and how much she was doing for the community now that she's sort of walked away from her faith. Like, I thought that was such a great episode on so many levels, even if it was a little bit on the um, on, on the rapey men are awful, but we're not actually going to do anything about it. And the woman's going to get punished at the end. Like, the, even though even though that was the an- ending, which honestly is a, a realistic ending as much as it hurts to say, but is true. Like the moment that uh, the, the woman basically begs and says listen are they going to be lenient i mean for heaven's sake there's mitigating circumstances here and jordy says nothing like you want to scream because you know that they won't but i really i thought that was such a great episode for just not maybe for will but for community building and for sort of getting the sense of of what grant chester is and 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 the town i i really loved that episode so much um i think I think that I I think for me that episode really uh, kind of is done a disservice by following the third episode, which is the Leonard Jordy investigate dead homeless man hour, because that was the best episode of the season. And I feel like anything after that was going to kind of be a letdown. Mm -hmm. But I do think um, I do think that the sort of larger 50,000 foot view of that story is that it's about like about what does living faith look like? Mm. What does that look like? What does that look like in like a bloom where you are planted kind of sense versus, you know, a lot of the ones in previous seasons that I say this, having watched an entire like what season and a half now, Mm -hmm. season two seasons, uh, really seem to be more about like, here's the lesson from the sermon at the end that kind of sums it all up. But they even though I'm really glad they actually brought the sort of sermony bits back at the end after the premiere that didn't have one, but I feel like it was less. It was less focused on on like words rather than deeds, if that makes sense. Yes, I I didn't I I felt that the I felt that the show has moved um to a more organic use of that. Um, which is one of the things, you know, when we had, when we talked about our last episode, I, I was, I was surprised that they got rid of it. And I thought maybe they're trying to get rid of it the way we want called the midwife to get rid of Vanessa Redgrave. But actually the second episode then had, then put it back, but it, 
put it back in such a way that was actually very organic. And every episode that had Will speaking from the pulpit at the end and tying things together always was an organic reason for him to be there, not just them cutting to the church and him giving the sermon that Sunday. And so when there are episodes where it didn't fit, like with episode five, where it basically ends with this, with Will screwing it up with both Maya and Bonnie, you know, and there, there's no reason to cut to the sermon because that doesn't fit. So they just didn't do one. And I thought, I, I think that's actually quite clever. And I think it sort of keeps it from becoming a Vanessa Redgrave situation. Um, I well, I'm on record as saying that I like I like the sermons and stuff because, like I said, like I said, the reason that the sh- the thing that helps is like, what is this show's identity if it's not tied up in faith in some way? Like I said, the the actual sort of driving function of it is that it's a cop and a vicar solve crimes. Mm-hmm. This season, I think, has been the most where the vicar aspect of who Will is has been downplayed. Um, in the sense that like it's not it hasn't been a major story point he's been doing a lot of things that I'm not sure the church would 100% approve of even if they are Anglican but like you know like it's it hasn't there hasn't been that sort of crisis of faith for him there was for Mrs. C but for her that looks different than it would have for him him it's just like dating poorly I, I have to say Mrs. C's storyline this season was one of the most moving I've seen on PBS this year tucked away in a mystery series like I loved everything about her breakdown when she discovers that she has uterine cancer I loved how she couldn't even talk about it how she refused to tell Jack and how she lent on Leonard like he really was her son um I I I love that he went to the doctor with her. Oh, gosh. I just love Leonard so much. I I love that he he gets mad at her, not because she's making fun of her friends, but his friends, but because she's not told Jack and 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 Will and he's hurt because she hasn't done that. Well, and I think he I think he sees that her behavior is an output Mm. of that. Like that's like her making fun of the customers isn't really about however she feels about their poetry. No, she's been, it, it's the same as when they go out to they go out to the restaurant and she gets absolutely smashing drunk, um, which actually that leads to one of the most amazing scenes in the entire season, which is when she tells when she basically admits to Leonard that she had an abortion when she was 14, 13, some like really young age. Right. And like. And and he doesn't judge her and he doesn't he just he just points out to her that she shouldn't be too hard on himself. She was a child, that this is trauma that she's basically never processed. I mean, it's such a beautiful scene, that one. And I like I I cried during that one. And I cried during the one where Jack said that he wishes that the cancer was his instead of hers. I thought those two scenes were so moving. I thought almost every scene involving her diagnosis was really good because I think it's such a natural, it's such a natural response to both be angry at God for the things that happened to you and to think that the things that happened to you are because you did something wrong and are being punished versus you just have, you know, a genetic predisposition to have bad cells in some part of your body or just dumb bad luck or something. It's not, you know, it's not anything that that Mrs. C did, but it's very, I think, normal and human to be angry at at yourself, but also because you're, 
I mean, she basically says this at some point. That, like, she's done everything right since she did that one, I'm making air quotes, bad thing. And she's still, you know, God is still punishing her, which is such a nor, which is such like a, it's just such a heartfelt, like, it's, it's how people react to things. Um, I also really love that when she was under for her hysterectomy at the end, she says that she uh, she saw Sydney and she saw Will and she saw all her boys uh, sitting sitting there waiting for her and, and supporting her. I thought that was I thought that was beautiful. I actually really back to the, the scene where she tells Leonard about mm-hmm. um, her her teenage abortion. I just love I love that Leonard got to be that person for her, like that face of forgiveness and and love because of the way that that she specifically responded to finding out about him being gay Mm -hmm. like i love i love that he's the one who got to 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 not react in a bad or ugly way to her like he got to be i mean not to be like he got to be the face of god's love but he kind of did he kind of did um i i thought that leonard's story this season was great and I love the fact that he's not going back to the church um I was a little surprised at how much Jordy also played a part of Mrs. C's story because he kind of has never been part of the vicarage it's sort of the separate thing where the where where his buddy lives and this season because of Kathy throwing him out and because of him moving into the vicarage I got to feel like he was really part of the vicarage family in a way that I've never felt before and I thought that his his moment with Mrs. C you know because Will gets mad at her when she says I'm not I'm not sure I want to do the radiation and can you blame her I mean for heaven's sakes in 1959 all there was was radiation and surgery that was it um and him saying, you know, I, I basically saying, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I don't walked over hot coals for Kathy. So, you know, for more time. And and, you know, in a way that he's the one who got to her more than anybody else. And I really loved that. I also just really loved the way that he and Kathy finally got back together. Like I was sort of half rooting for them to get divorced. I'm not going to lie. No, I was because he's such a dumb butt, right? Like, and I do feel like I feel I know you said that six episodes is like about the sweet spot for the show, but I do feel like their uh, reconciliation was a little bit like smushed into like we have to get them back together this season. So it felt a little like that was the driving impetus behind it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally believe that they would get back together because I do think they, I do think they really love each other, but I don't know that were I Kathy, I would have accepted that I had seen enough growth from Jordy in this limited amount of time. I would, I, I agree with that. Um, I wouldn't have minded it if they'd stretched this breakup for at least another season. Um, I also, especially because Kathy gets to call him out in so many ways about how he sort of failed as a husband and how he really isn't a partner to her and how he sort of does not hold his weight in the family. You know, she's like, you were hungover. And he's like, you weren't doing so well yourself. I was pregnant. Right. Like that, that scene where each time he says, well, you weren't. So she just turns back and says, I was pregnant, Jordy. Right. It also sort of emphasizes how many children they have and how much she's been pregnant which is something we don't talk about in this series at all 
Um, which I I loved that, and I I I actually kind of wish, as I said, I wish almost that they hadn't gotten back together this season. That being said, I thought that the moment they got together in the interrogation room, I was like, oh, of course, that's how they get back together in an interrogation room. They probably did it on the interrogation table. Ew. <laughs> Um, I hope somebody had some pine saw handy as all I'm saying. But um, I just hope nobody was in the in the in the in the observation room watching through that stupid one way mirror. It's it's more of the fact that I re- like I think it's easy to say things as opposed to actually like I don't really know that I see a lot of I, and maybe we're supposed to interpret it as he is seeing what Mrs. C is going through and is therefore like you know, really motivated to try to fix things with this woman that he loves. But I just have not seen enough from him that he has heard her and has subsequently decided to do or be do and be actually better than he was. I would agree, especially because, you know, honestly, like part of what I felt was the driving force was seeing all those vagrants and realizing that he could easily become one of them. And that's not what I, I, I know that's not what I'm supposed to have taken away from it. But I did actually take that away that some of this is just straight up motivated by fear. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fear in the sense of he might become like homeless and sleeping on the street. Maybe it's fear of being alone. Oh, yes, definitely that. Um, That being said, solidarity forever with you know getting equal pay and equal rights i i, I, I man i i loved that scene i love the fact that mrs i love the fact that miss scott and kathy are buds and miss scott slipped her some freaking handcuffs i loved all of that um and i also love that you know jordy tries to say well mrs miss scott makes better you know is smarter than larry and 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 only makes like a third of what he does and kathy just looks at him and he's like oh yeah that doesn't actually bolster my argument does it <laughs> i like miss scott a lot i was kind of i don't know i always root for like offbeat people and i'm like maybe she should date well <laughs> but now alas no um so just so you know because you don't um in the very first couple of seasons um Sydney dated the the previous iteration of Miss Scott whose name was Margaret. Um so I have a feeling that's why they would not go there. Um because they've already accidentally done that. Um in the same way that they would not have Jordy sleep with Miss Scott because again they've already gone there which actually they brought up this season a little bit with a uh, with with Jordy's heart to heart with uh, Wallace. I really liked act- I was surprised how much I liked Wallace by the end of the season. Um because he came in kind of as an antagonist, but then after like Maya leaves him and he kind of chills out, like he was he was pretty he was I I liked him by the end of the season. I was surprised by that. And I'm glad that he didn't leave. I don't really think I have any feelings about him. I definitely don't like Maya. Oh, no, um, definitely did not like Maya. And I don't, and I don't know if that's because I just don't like her as a character, or because I don't see what the point of her was. I get that the point of her was supposed to be that Will is chasing fantasies and not actually seeing what's in front of him, that's actually real because he's too afraid of actual like it. it it's a little bit like how he. Ha- it, it, there's actually a point I believe where I think it's Jordy who calls him out on it, where they're like, he, "You liked her because she was the fantasy, and the moment it got real, you 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 panicked." Um, because, yeah, I really feel like, you know, part of why Will pushes away Bonnie when she first tries to sleep with him is because that could be real and he's too scared of that. And that that's sort of supposed to be where we went with that whole Bonnie-Maya dichotomy was that Maya's the fantasy girl and he has to realize that actually he should stop being scared and 
go for something that could be real rather than trying to go for a fantasy that will never be real. I just don't think I liked any of this little subplot this season. Although, to be clear, I think Bonnie's amazing. Um, And I think Bonnie's possibly too good for Will. Oh, I agree. (laughs) And Ernie is adorable and protect at all costs. I just, I don't know, like... The arc here is weird for me because literally in the second episode, suddenly Will is like, I am in love with Maya. I'm going to like run. Annie just rolled her eyes like epically large at me on the screen. I'm sorry. You guys could see that. But like he's he instantly is like infatuated with her. He's like, I'm in love with her. I'm going to run away with her to Rome. And like and they just like have sex all over the place. And it's just which is, you know, kind of what infatuation is. But I just really don't. I don't know how I'm supposed to read all this. Am I supposed to read that like Will needed to believe he was in love with her for all of that to be okay? Like, it I, is. I'm not sure, but I will note that those of you who read my recaps will note that the episode that episode three, when Leonard and Jordy are paired up, Leonard tries to be all nice about Will, saying he just had his heart broken, and Jordy responds, "He was only with her for five minutes." I just honestly, Jared. <laughs> I, well, I like they were to get like they went on one date and he's like I'm in love with her and I'm like okay I we've all dated that guy too and we're like oh and we're done here yeah exactly <laughs> um I also I especially because you know in the next step in episode four we have the operation get the Keatings back together which becomes Operation Will and Bonnie date when that goes to when that goes to hell and. I really, it's so sort of, you know, here is the actual relationship like happening in front of him and he doesn't even really see it where he's like while he's mooning after Maya. And it's the thing is, I think this art could have worked, but then we had the wedding. (laughs) I literally like I fit for once. This may be the only time this has ever happened. And it's probably because Annie had to write recaps. But, like, I uh, finished the season before she did. And I just sent her a text that said, let me know when you get to the end because WTF. Um, really? Like, can Will calm down? Like, he goes from, like, he, he goes from telling some girl he just slept with one time that he's in love with her to being like, oh, I think I want to be with this girl. I thought they might just get dinner or, like, date, like, normal people, and then it's five minutes later, and they're literally getting married. And I just, I can't. Will is Will is that guy, and I just can't handle it. So, here's the thing, right? Um, I think it was, I don't remember if it was episode two or episode three. At one, at one point in one of my recaps at the end, I made a joke about how, if you remember how Will, like, randomly proposes to Ellie when he meets her, and, like, and, and she's like, what? and like runs away like a sensible person right i actually i said something to the effect of if he's gonna go around randomly proposing to women can at least be bonnie because you know she's she's far better for him and probably too good for him i didn't actually mean for them to get married this season (laughs) it just felt like it came out of nowhere like the thing and the thing is i think bonnie's a great character i would have actually really liked to get to know her more on her own i really would have liked to see them in a relationship that was actually a relationship Mm -hmm. and i I just where did this come from i really want okay the thing is when he goes and he and he runs of course to a train station and jordy's like i'm gonna take ernie off for, for ice cream and bonnie's like but the train's coming and i'm like girl you ain't getting on that train I thought that was going to be the end of it. Like, I really, truly thought, like, they're going to go home and they'll go on a date and that will be it. And now we have, like, a serious relationship for him to get into setting up for season eight. I liked that. 
Um, especially because, especially because, especially because, like, episode six has this whole section where they almost fake you out that Will might have died. And, of course, oh, well, we all knew Will did die. Right. I know that episode, I know that season eight isn't technically, isn't, wasn't technically greenlit when the, when this episode aired. Um, I, I, I just mean, come on, have you ever watched TV in your life? Right. Like, no, of course he's not dead. I would have honestly, truly, truly, no one sent me hate mail about this, but I really would have respected them if they killed him off. I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to do it? And then I was like, of course they're not going to do it. But it really would have been like ballsy if they had done it. If they'd really gone for a third vicar, like I, I have to say that would be, yes, mad respect if they'd gone for a third vicar. Um, I Especially because, you know, this is sort of the, the final episode was sort of the episode where, you know, honestly, creepy, creepy wannabe curate boy who I... I had expected in episode three that creepy wannabe curate boy was going to be the twist murderer and that it, you know. Oh, I thought he was going to try to have like an affair with Leonard or something. <laughs> oh, you thought? Okay. Yeah, I, I did see a little bit of that, but honestly, like I just kept calling, I kept calling him creepy baker in my recaps because I was like, I don't care if he, if the twist never happened, he still creeps me out. There's something about him that's weird and I don't like him. And then you know when we when when the next vagrant shows up at the beginning of the finale and i'm like oh okay we're finally here's the twist we just delayed it for a while um and then it happened in the middle of the episode instead of the end which i was kind of like okay why are we why do we still have so much time left in this episode and yet somehow it never actually hit me that we were going to go all we were going to go whole hog and have the wedding like and 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 i mean as much as i liked the wedding scene i mean the wedding scene was adorable right like bonnie looked great her dress was great is that her dad Uh, is that supposed to be i don't know who that guy was who walked down the aisle but i'm yeah ernie was so cute and and Bar- Bonnie charms the Gurney Cliffords, and Tamara's wearing an amazing hat. Um, oh, and Mrs. C catches the bouquet and hands it to Daniel so he can give it to Leonard, even though they can't actually get married. I thought that was uh, so sweet, right? I also thought it was so sweet, but it again just brings me back to how the show wants to have it both ways with them. It's true. Like, the whole town is like watching them be openly like affectionate with each other, and everyone's fine with it. Fair warning, I think everyone should be fine with it because there's nothing wrong with it. This is the 1960s. Right. I, well, 1959. It's not even the 60s yet. And it's you still know, illegal. Um, I did love Tamara going up to hit on the bishop, the bishop just checking the heck out of her. Like, mm-hmm. Yep, I'm gonna be sleeping with that tonight. Like, I loved that. That cracked me up. I just, like, as a Catholic, I was just like, what is happening? I was like, he looked her up and down like she was a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and Will's just like, I'm coming to save the... I'm not saving the day. I'm going to turn this way. <laughs> like, I loved that. There were so many good things about the wedding. I just probably needed it to be next season, not this one. <laughs> right? Like, I just wasn't quite ready for that. Well, I just don't feel like that relationship was ready for that. Not that I don't think that they would have been endgame next year. But I just don't think as to what I had seen between them on screen this year, I just don't think that relationship was there yet. Yeah. Um. So th- they definitely need to, like, I don't know, fill that, backfill that next season. That's. But I will point out one thing, and this is actually the thing that hit me, because at the very, very end, he says, I love you to Jordy. And the two of them are like standing outside and Jordy's like, oh, bloody vickers. I know that was very sweet. But it hit me. Jordy and Will are family now. They finally have an excuse to solve crimes together and for Will to be at the precinct 
not just as a nosy nosy vicar, but actually as kind of his like nephew in law or something. I don't know. Well, wouldn't your boss think that was weird if your nephew in law just rolled up to your office all the time to like hang out? I don't know. I mean, how dumb is he? I don't know, but I feel like there. I felt like this at least gave sort of an excuse for why Will will be hanging around Jordy, and gave sort of a reason for it because this season really sort of discovered that you know as it brought in new characters, new characters are like, why the heck is there a vicar running around solving crimes? And I felt like this almost solved that, even though it's not really a thing to solve. I did think that that might have been a little bit of the driving force, but again could have happened at the end of next season because we we know that there's going to be a season eight <laughs> i mean i liked i liked it because they gave i liked it in the sense that it gave jordy and will a chance to actually sort of say how much they mean to each other because they're mm-hmm. like british dudes who don't do that right so that was nice yeah i i i i absolutely agree um I will. One other thing that uh, we sort of didn't talk about um, is a, a the the penultimate episode um, with uh, the old people who who go on the run. Oh my god! <laughs> I just I can't. I was just like, what is happening? Oh, you you do you did recognize Ida Merriman from Harlots, right? Yes, of course. I'm always on Harlots Watch. Honestly, of the mysteries this season. Um, though I know that the one that we were supposed to sort of respond to was the vagrants in the doorways. And since that was a two episode sort of solving the case of the standalones, that was probably my favorite of the sort of random case things with this sort of old dude con artist who totally plays on people's like sympathies and then carjacks them with a glasses case. Like I just, there was so much to love about that mystery. Um, I know that the mysteries don't mean that much to you, but in just yeah, I was like, that's just I was like, this is the least exciting. I just I thought the old people were all very entertaining, but I didn't care about their story. <laughs> I, I know, and and the fact that we took a break from it to have the union strike to get Jordy and Kathy back together sort of sent was a sense of we we know this this case is kind of a joke and we're not really taking it too seriously. But I did of the cases this season for those of the for for our mystery listeners. Um, that is definitely, I think, my favorite of the season. Um, I guess if I had a favorite of the season, I actually, uh, not to be like, I like murdered homeless people, but <laughs> I thought that that was, I thought that that was really, I think that's the first time anyway that I've seen them try to do a story that's kind of spread over multiple episodes. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting and actually handled surprisingly well. They had an arc back in the in the James Norton days with a uh, with a, a rape case where it it sort of ex- it sort of extended across the season as an arc with other mysteries underneath. But this is the first time I think I've seen them do something where it's a two episode solve the thing where you think it's solved at the end of episode X and then it really gets solved at the end of X episode Y. Um, which I really liked that. Um, even if it start, even if it started with Lonesome Town, which I'm sorry, but that is Pulp Fiction to me always and forever. <laughs> and I was just like, I cannot take Will and Jordy moping seriously if they're listening to the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Sorry, guys. Um, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack is also uh, a plus in my book. So true. Um, I I thought that that case was also good because it really sort of brought in this idea of the the academia, you know, of of push of of this idea of um, 
you know, we, we sort of get this idea that nowadays that playing devil's advocate and making these kind of ugly arguments in public is sort of a thing that happens on Twitter and is sort of a newfangled thing. And I really liked uh, them basically sort of reminding us that actually there have always been those people. And there have always been those people who are uh, who, who think it's their job to push your buttons. Yeah, that lady was terrible. I mean, the the actress Rowena King, who played Professor Lusham, was amazing, but also like <laughs> she's really good at making me hate her. So she yes, did her job. right. Like I absolutely, I was a little when they said a new vagrant had turned up at the beginning of episode six. I was almost afraid it was going to be Jordy's bud, Danny, the one that he found that he that like used to get arrested in Grantchester like on a weekly basis. Oh, and he left him booze. Yeah, the one who he left booze. I was like, but no, it was somebody else who they never actually like ever identified or something like that was really random. It was almost like I know I know it because in a way it it wasn't important to the mystery because it was really about like setting up the twist with the creepy baker dude. But I was sort of like, shouldn't they have figured out who that guy was? (laughs) I know you probably didn't even notice, did you? I no, I did not. (laughs) Um... Look, I am very honest about my priors here, y'all. No, no, no. I actually, I, I think that's, I think that's also interesting that like you didn't even notice that. I wonder how many people did notice that because it was, it, because it to me it really sort of outlined how much this next body was an excuse that they never got into who it was or why they died. Um, all they got was the quote on the wall, and then boom, it was Baker. Um, and and I wonder if anybody else noticed that they never actually figured that part out. <laughs> I didn't, so don't feel bad. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else did I wanted to make sure that we talked about? Uh, what happened to Georgia Ka- Jordy and Kathy's kids? Oh, like, they were just not present this season. Um, Jordy. Okay, Jordy and Kathy. Without uh, Esme is the only one who's ever really been given a name. Like the other ones have names. I know they do because I see them on IDB, <laughs> but they've never, they're, they're just a pack, okay? Like, the idea is that the Keatings just have a pack of children, like a ludicrous mess of them that they can't really afford. And that's always been sort of the point of them. And I sort of felt like that is kind of what happened to them, is that they've never been like, they've been sort of a faceless mass of children. And that that was sort of what, because this is probably the first time you've really sort of noticed them beyond Esme, but that's what they've always been. That's I normal. was just more asking, like, physically, where are they present at? Oh. Like, where are they? There's li- Like, their parents are at various jobs and protests <laughs> and things, and the kids are somewhere? Well, the kids were being babysat by Bonnie, but Bonnie is leaving. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll continue to be babysat by Bonnie. Maybe they'll actually be given faces. Maybe I'll actually learn their names, considering I've I watched not. this show for seven seasons of counting. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what I want from season eight at this point, though. I have to say, like... I, I know it's coming, um, even even if it hasn't been uh even if it hasn't been greenlit by the time this airs, um, I, I, I I'm sort of assuming it will have been. Um, but if it hasn't, like, we know it's coming. Um and I I, I guess the things I wanna see have nothing to do with mysteries again. I wanna know more about Will and Bonnie's relationship. Me too. I just I uh I hate that they got married. Like, I mean, I don't hate the fact of their marriage, but I just feel like this is... I hate the, that they sort of rushed like, into it. Yeah. Um, I also, I really want to see what Leonard does with the cafe now that Jack's given him permission to do good work. I love that Jack's just like, I'm rich. <laughs> Jack is always... You see, 
you didn't know Mrs. C when she wasn't Mrs. C when Mrs. C, when we first met Mrs. Chapman. Um, I forget what letter she was. She was some, but it was a different letter because we didn't say her last because we they, we never say her last name. Um, and uh, when. Uh, when she marries Jack, part of her issue is that he is so rich. And he's like, whatever, I'm rich. He's always been like that. And it, it really is delightful when they sort of let him, when they sort of give him enough to do that you get that sense from him again. <laughs> I just like how he's like, I will give you money to do whatever you want. So I want Leonard to do whatever he wants. Yeah, I I, I am sort of thinking it'll be a soup kitchen um, or a counseling center or maybe both. Um, I wonder if Grantchester will get kind of nimby about it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how that goes. Grantchester actually has a much high homel- higher homeless population than I expected. Um, I no, actually, I'm not surprised by that. Um, even though Grantchester kind of doesn't talk about the the time period here, there there was serious poverty in the UK. Um, basically. Um, from World War Two onward, I mean, it got better at times, but like it, it would then crash again. Like it got better in the '60s, but then in the '70s it crashed. Um, and Thad and Thatcher took away a lot of the nanny state that made it run. Um, in the '80s, and that really sort of screwed a lot of things. But no, it uh, especially homeless vets was a huge problem because you know they just didn't have the didn't have the 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 modern ideas about how to handle PTSD. So actually the vagrant prop the, the fact that there is a large vagrant population does not surprise me in the slightest. I did not know that. So now I have learned something today. Yay <laughs> Um Yeah, all I want for next season is really more Leonard. I love Leonard so much. I love the fact that he's not a curate still. And I, I'm wondering if that's going to stay. I, I really want that to stay a thing. I really don't. I want them to hire a new curate in. I, I want them to bring in a new character for that. Um, Not a creepy murderer character, but an actual good character. Um, I, I would not mind if it was. I would not mind if they brought another black actor into play, uh, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm sorry they got rid of Henry. I thought he was great. Um, Do we even know what happened to him? He just yes, sort of- yes. Actually, um, Mrs. Chapman says it sort of uh, offhandedly that he mi- that he got he was engaged when he first came to uh, to Grantchester, and I sort of assumed that the that the fiance would show up this season and we'd meet her, and instead, apparently, she made him give up the church and he went and married her. That's what we're told. Oh, and it's literally Mrs. like a Mrs. C with the hot goss, right? Like, and it's a two sentence thing that she sort of like says offhandedly at one point. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Well, bye, Henry. Uh, I I really like that uh, that Leonard has not gone back to to work at the church because, like I said before, I think it's a great example that there are plenty of ways to, uh, at the risk of sounding sappy about it, like be the face of God for others, like in the world, as opposed to in the church, and that makes me happy that Leonard does not have to stop being a person of faith in in the but he doesn't have to do it in the same way that he did before yeah and i i think that i think that keeps him interesting too because it 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 gives him places to go and explore that the show wouldn't have otherwise i would just i love him i would Hmm. fight strangers for leonard that's all (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. I I don't know what else. I I other other than that, I don't really know what else I want from from season eight. Other than you know, I assume that that Jordy and Kathy being back together maybe will learn a bit more about their children. Maybe Esme will get a bigger role. I don't know. I would like to see Jordy actually like make an effort to be the person he tells his wife that he can be. That would be nice. That would be nice. All right. I think that's I think that closes the book on Grantchester season seven. Dun-dun-dun. Uh it hasn't been officially renewed yet, but I think we're all assuming it will be. I think it'll keep going as long as they want to make it, since they've already proven that they can swap out cast members and it's still fine. So Yeah. More on that as we have it slash know it. I'm going to laugh if it gets renewed like in between the time we've recorded this episode. Oh, I absolutely assume it will be. (laughs) Um, It it will sound really dumb. No, I I actually genuinely would not be surprised if uh, if the uh, if the renewal comes on the Monday right after the finale airs on uh, PBS, because that's kind of how it's been. Yeah. So just know that we're doing this one a little early. So if we sound stupid, that's why. Um. (laughs) I mean, well, if we sound more stupider than normal, I guess. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to shut up now. And Annie will tell you where you can find her online. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats being very fuzzy at Annie Bundle on Instagram. I am a staff writer Elite Daily and also the associate editor here at television. And I freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I wrote this week, just go to my Twitter because that's where I retweet all of my bylines. Thanks. Huzzah. Uh, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, but I also always tweet my byline. So you can find out what I am mad or happy or sad or somewhere in the middle about this week by being my friend. Uh, if you just want the site and the pod, they are on social media at Tele underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. You can also listen to this podcast on YouTube, courtesy of WETA's YouTube channel at WETA PBS. We are surprisingly, after that, a product of WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org to check out news, recaps, listicles, whatever lots of things and uh, click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all this content for your eyes and ears you can also get access to pbs passport which has a plethora of early exclusive and binge opportunities for you to dig into over these months where it is entirely too hot to go outside that's where we are now in our area it is so gross out even though technically capital weather gang tells me this is like normal and not the normal you know heat wave we usually get but it still feels gross outside to me so bless whoever made air conditioning uh that is our show as always uh be kind to yourselves be kind to each other do something nice for a stranger we're all we got and we will see you next week thanks for listening